Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. Chautauqua County has been actively working on getting the federal government to reinstate the Jamestown Airport's Essential Air Service designation since the Department of Transportation terminated that in 2018. We spoke with County Airport Manager Shannon Barnhart about efforts to regain the designation and other activities underway at the county's airports. We welcome Chautauqua County Airport Manager Shannon Barnhart to the WRFA studios this morning. Thanks for coming in today. You're welcome, Julie. So... I just want to first start before we talk about the airports and everything happening, just to learn more about you because you've been in this position now. I think, has it been just over uh, a year and a half? Yep, I started February of 2022. And what what is your background? You have some background in aviation of some sort. Sure. Um, I started off my career in aviation and I did travel and tourism, went on to do aviation management and started my career um, out with an engineering firm doing aviation planning out of Illinois. And it's just Gradually, I wanted to work my way back to Western New York. I ended up um, working for the Cleveland Airport System as the planning manager out there for about six years and um, did that for Cleveland Hopkins and Burke Lake Front Airports and then moved back this direction a little bit closer to my family and ended up working for that original engineering firm from home. And that's actually how I met our former airport manager, um, Ron, He when I was helping out with a with the air service development study um, with our with our firm so I found out through him that we were um, he was retiring and then put in for this position so that's how the connections were made I guess (laughs) through that so I've been in aviation uh, over 20 years and you know love it and I'm, I'm glad to be here with the Chautauqua County Airports. And you arriving here is kind of a, a good point because the I would say the airport is in this state of flux and it has been since I, I, I can't remember. I think you were saying when we were talking beforehand that the Jamestown Airport lost its essential air service designation sometime around 2016. And that does have an impact in what is happening at the airport. And the, legis- the county legislature has now pass uh, the le- the funding to go forward with this study to determine what the marketing is around, you know, the marketing study of the airport. And can you tell us a little more about that and how, why it's needed for this, for bringing back potentially essential air service? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you're mentioning that the airport's in flux too, but, you know, right now we're a strong general aviation airport at Jamestown and same at Dunkirk, and they both serve two very different markets. One to the North County, um, those folks that are going to Buffalo and that don't want to fly into the bigger airports, the business travelers, the corporations and all that, but are flying into each. A lot of times they don't overlap. So the folks that are coming down this way don't normally go to Dunkirk. The folks that are going up that way don't normally come down here. So um, we have two very you know different markets there. 
general aviation and a lot of business at the airports right now. Um, and But obviously, we are lacking in serving um, the community in the fullest, I think. So um, I would love to get air service back at the airport. Um, I appreciate, you know, the legislators approving the funding to go forth with that. So right now I'm finalizing the RFP to go out and have been working with several different firms that are excited to join our venture. I think it's, you know, a, a good time. I, the the airlines, as everybody know knows, I guess, I, I don't want to say it's a it's a bad time. It's a they're recovering. And um, what we need, though, is something a little bit different. And we have we have a shorter runway at Jamestown, so we are we can only take um, we can only be served, I guess, by a few certain airlines that fall into that essential air service category, which helps us offset the cost of having an actual airline there. So they serve the airlines. There's just a smaller um, they have smaller jets and. Some, maybe like a nine-seater like we had before. We're, we're just trying to figure out what's best for the community and um, what will be best for us rather than what's best for the airline. Or, you know, we want, we want what's best for our community and what where people want to go. We're going to be going out to the public and doing surveys. Um, we're gonna, Once we get the, the consultant on board, um, you'll definitely be hearing a lot from us in the community. And we need to know where the, where people are going. So the first part of it is doing a leakage study. And that's basically where are people spending their money outside of our community? So where are you traveling from? And, you know, what are we missing? Um, are you are you going to Cleveland? Are you going to Buffalo? Are you going to Erie? What big airports are you headed to? But you'd maybe be willing to pay just a little bit more for the convenience of, of staying in Jamestown. Uh, I know I would. But... We want to see where where people are going first and where you're traveling to because without that we can't determine what the best market is for us in this community. And when we're talking about commercial air service, it's not mm-hmm. that we you can't have commercial air service now in, at the Jamestown Airport. It's just the cost of it for mm-hmm. consumers. Sure. Uh, yeah, we could. Uh, in a nutshell, I guess we could call a big airline, you know, talk to them about having service back here. Like I said, we are limited a little bit in having a shorter runway, so we, you know, can't just go get an aircraft from JetBlue or Frontier, or you know, it just won't work year round. We can land pretty much anything um, in the summertime, but when you get into those wet conditions with the snow and, and ice in the winter, we do a great job with our removal, but they still have minimum requirements of, of an aircraft in it. You need a little bit longer runway for a year round. So um, it would probably be something similar to what we had in the past. Uh, and also, it's not just that. We don't have the demand here either to, to fill a 50, 100 seat aircraft on a regular basis. You know, people aren't probably just using our airport that live in this area, not necessarily driving from they're probably not going to drive from Buffalo to come down to Jamestown. They're going to get it on an aircraft in Buffalo. So, um, yes. So the like you were saying, we could just go out and do that, but we would the cost of that would also be 
a factor. And although I think most of us are probably willing to pay a little more for convenience of being here, um, you don't want to pay double the amount of a ticket price. And um, you know, obviously, the parking is a is a benefit at Jamestown as well. But having that essential air service contract with the DOT helps us offset the cost in the smaller communities like ours. So that's the part that we lost before because we couldn't fill the seats based on um, the service that was provided. So there are a lot of factors that that go into getting it back. Um, I know the previous airline that we have has undergone um, an entire makeover basically new new um, management styles they've they're serving several communities and they're one of the best actually right now for um, essential air service carriers so um, it, a lot has changed since they were here at, at Jamestown um, and you know they're still one of the folks that we're we're talking to and there's there's only about three or four different different airlines that we can work with that work with all the factors that we need here at Jamestown. But getting that essential air service back is definitely the biggest hurdle. And right now, um, it's not just at Jamestown. There are a few other airports that lost the essential air service around the country as well. And they're kind of starting like a, a coalition to help uh, work politically with getting essential air service back to those smaller communities, and I'm hoping to to work with them a little bit more and you know try to let them know what our need is. But the first part of that is getting the data to provide to them to prove that we do need it, and that's what that essential air service um, study and will will help with is that it's a data driven study. It's what we need to you know, show what our need is in the community. And that was something I think that you said the Department of Transportation has said was a missing piece mm-hmm. in that request for EAS, for the essential air service. And that at least if you, when you have that study and you reapply, that it gives you a, a stronger case. Assuming that the study comes back and says, yes, there is a, a need and desire in mm-hmm. Jamestown for this kind of air service. Yeah, and I, I don't even think that it's a yes or no answer. It's a, we will be able to do it. It's just, how do we get there? So, um, you know, what's best for us is how I like to describe it. Because the study's not going to come back and say, you know, you, you don't need it. It's going to be a how do we get to this this direction, and can we get to this direction um, with the times? You know, with just where the airline industry is at, where with the um, our airport, with all the things that we have, and and the runway factor. And yes, the DOT, the former airport manager, did a great job at doing two um, applications through Boutique Airlines. So he used uh, Boutique, they went out and did studies similar to this. Um, But the difference I feel like after talking to the DOT is that that was specific to Boutique. There were just two, you know, two routes that we thought we needed internally, but because we couldn't get the approval or funding for that um, air service study to, to actually have the formal study done, you know, we went with what we knew and what we had and what people were supportive of in the community and that's great but what if we were missing out the dot questioned you know what if we weren't studying the right routes and what if there was some other area that would benefit our community you know to get out to nationally and so i think i'm excited to to see what the data you know proves rather than going off of what 
we we thought we needed because we didn't have the resources to do you know so he did a great job at reaching out to the community and getting everyone um, behind the study and and people to support it financially and um and that's that will also be a part of this too but we just really need the data on where those people are going what we're missing out on and you know what the best routes will be for us mm-hmm. and this is something I asked you, I think it was back in April when I saw you at the airport for an event, was this issue with the runways. Uh, the runways are short, as we say, uh, and obviously planes need a certain amount of runway in order to stop and take off. And I said, well, is there any, uh, given that money was no issue at all, could we <laughs> extend those runways at the airport? And you had a very simple answer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm a planner by nature. I, you know, my background's in aviation planning, and and I guess when we do a master plan and and put things on airport layout plan, it's a wish list of items. So, um, as we're doing our master plan right now and finalizing it, when I came on board, I was, you know, you have to again data driven. Um, we have forecasts that show what you extrapolate out over the next twenty years and what our demand will be. And it showed maybe a five or six hundred foot um, extension to our primary runway, which is nice, but it's not what we need to get, you know, the larger aircraft in here on a regular basis. So, you know, I asked him, you got to put that on the master plan. It's got to be on there, even if it's an ultimate, you know, if someone came in tomorrow, you know, with a jet or a business that wanted to come to the airport and yeah, I mean, we could build it as soon as we had the funding for it. Um, but obviously a lot of our funding comes federally, you know, from the FAA and they don't just want to build anything. They're not going to build it and then they hope that they come. They want to see the data to prove it. And right now we can't justify the runway length by data. Um, but we know there's, we do know that if we had it, people would come. So we would have businesses, we would have whatever airline we you know really wanted from here um so yeah if we had the the resources to to do that sure i'd build it tomorrow mm-hmm. and you mentioned this master plan and obviously you're working on this market study but at the same time you're doing a master plan for whatever may be at the airport what is what is being put into that what are some of the things you're looking at sure so every airport it has to have an airport layout plan. Um, every time you know, I go in front of the legislature and ask on an annual basis for um, the opportunity to apply for funding with the FAA and then accept it once we decide what projects we're doing, um, that all has to be on the master plan and on the airport layout plan before the FAA will fund it. So I know people hear study and, you know, master plan study, and they think, oh, it's just another study. This is an important part of aviation and airports in general, and it's something that won't stop. It's got to be done whenever you have a change to, I guess, how your airport is utilized. So, you know, right now we're certain airport, uh, mostly general aviation and business travelers right at the moment. Obviously, we don't have air service. and we're finishing up the master plan because there's an, there was a need for it after a 20-year period. And even if after five years we get air service back, we'll probably need to, to update the master plan again because our needs will be a little bit different at that time than they were at this time. So they like to see justification for, obviously they're giving us a lot of money. Um, we only pay a 5% local share. 
of the funding that they provide to us on an annual basis. And that has to be shown on the drawing and then justified in the report. So that's the master plan study that we're, we're doing right now. Um, some of the things that we have in there are um, we've ha ex our community and our stakeholders have expressed um, interest in more hangar space. So we've proposed more community hangars, tea hangars, um, different things like that for you know aircraft storage and maybe having something on the opposite side of the airfield more for general av aviation and you know business and airlines on one side of the airfield so kind of separating those we've got things for safety on there such as um, our crosswind runway has a partial parallel taxiway not a full length parallel taxiway so when you go out you have to do what they call back taxiing onto the runway which isn't always the safest thing so we've proposed a full-length parallel taxiway um, to our, our crosswind runway. And um, these are things that the FAA has now looked at, uh, we've analyzed, and then once you go to do it, again, we have to ask for acceptance of the, or ask to apply for the funds and then acceptance of the funds from internally. And then also the federal government has to look at our list and prioritize by safety and you know they have a pot of money and then they divvy it up between all the airports around the east so um it's a it's a long process i mean this has taken about four years and there was a transition with the former manager and myself in there and then covid i think was in there too so they had to um, redo the forecast a little bit um because it was it, it did change a aviation changed post-COVID. So um, all that was taken into consideration in this master plan, which is a public document, so it will go out here soon. And um, other things that are in there, I, we, we tried to take into consideration what our stakeholders and the users of the airport really want and need. And we do show the runway extension on there. It's just what they call post-planning period. So this document is a 20-year plan. It's a zero to five is the first phase, five to 10 is the second, and then 10 to 20 is the third. And um, our post-planning period is post 20 years. So what we would show it so that the FAA knows that it's something that I, you know, not just me, and but yes, I wanted that on that plan so they could see that it's a need for our community. And it would open a whole lot of doors for us. Um, but they will not fund it until we have good justification. So that's something to a goal to work for to work towards and you know with getting air service back that also helps us to in, in the justification because um, a lot of their justification is by operations you know once you get 10,000 operations you you hit a different level for funding we would get more even and so the more um, the more operations and which is the takeoff and landing from an airport that are counted um, the more doors that are opened for our airports so Mm -hmm. And talking about the airport, I, I, when I think about average people and what they see happening, and maybe they don't, they, they say, okay, we haven't had the commercial air service at the airport. And, you know, why do we have an airport? Mm -hmm. And you've been talking about that there's a lot of businesses, there are a lot of general aviation that's happening up there. And do you have any, do you have your hands around how much of an impact the airport has on this area in terms of it, right. the needs here? Yeah, if you um, are asking me for a specific dollar amount, it's it's incredibly hard to do. Um, the value, honestly, I'm gonna be completely honest, I have never justified aviation in general um, in my entire career as much as I have had to do here. Because I, I really, 
you know, it's the perception of airports is, I, I don't think the understanding is there for, for the community. You know, we see we don't have air service and I'm not saying it is a negative thing. It's just, I, I think the way it's been portrayed is negatively that, oh, we lost air service. Oh, we this. Well, there's a, a bazillion general aviation airports out there that are thriving. You know, we, yes, we have an operating budget, um, just like the highways. We're an avenue to bring people into this community. We are a service to not just our community, but, you know, nationally, um, globally. You know, we have a lot of people coming in from other countries, too. Um, and, and that's just another avenue to get us to the community for people to spend money, to, you know, buy retail, to go for tourism to buy houses in our community so putting an actual number on i mean that would take a whole nother study you know um to to do but i i think the the understanding of and the need and the value of airports in general is um is kind of lacking in in this area uh i guess being in this industry 20 years and being um a, like a consultant for other airports you know never was I questioned on the need for having an airport. People just understood it. So visually, because we don't have an air, an aircraft going out every two minutes, like a, a Buffalo or a Cleveland, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not bringing in folks and, and dollars to this community. Um, yes, we are spending dollars to keep it open too. Like I said, it's a service, just, you know, same as having a line item in the operating budget, just like the highways. Um, but yeah, there's definitely value to having airports in the community. And um, I wish I could put a, a number on it completely. Uh, there is an economic impact study, I believe, that's being done um, by the state DOT. And I think that will come out soon. There was one before when we had air service, maybe maybe the last 10 years. They might do it every 10, 10 years. I'm not exactly sure. But we just provided the data. To, and so that will be a helpful in you know providing the estimated dollar amount for the value of the airports to our community um and i'll I'll, you know i'd love to share that with you when that when that comes out but yeah we have businesses up there you know at jamestown and at dunkirk both a lot uh, several aviation mechanics businesses and then obviously our our biggest one the fbo centric aviation they provide the services that every aircraft gets when they come in here so um, and the county gets a, a portion of that. So we get a portion of all the fuel sales that come in from any of any of the jets, the GA aircraft, anything that comes in here, we get a portion of that. And then we also um, get rent, you know, every month off of each of the businesses that are there. So I have uh, people calling daily, you know, to see if, can we use a hangar for this? Can we use a hangar for that? And we don't have any space. We're full. So um, we've got no space for anything other than aviation use up there. And, you know, our hangars are, are rented. So um, it, I think, you know, just if people want to come up, you know, and see what's going on kind of behind the scenes, it's not all just in the air, you know, and what, what's coming in. We've got um, an avionics company, um, Luscom Aviation, building aircraft out there. Uh, hoping to have their um, first one out, I think, this summer. And then, um, you know, like I said, uh, Centric. I'm trying to think. I know I'm drawing a blank on on what other businesses are, are out there right now. Obviously, uh, Studio D, we know we've got a new catering company. The hours are Monday through Thursday from 11 to 2. And, you know, she's helped bring some traffic into the, 
to the airport as well. And so it's nice to see, you know, people in that um, manner coming out and, and having lunch and, and enjoying their time at the airports because they think they like, they miss that, you know, seeing the aircraft come in and sit down and have a meal. And she has tables in there where you can do that with it as well. And something um, else, you know, when, when we get air service back and that we've we've looked into a restaurant, you know, like how it used to be. And in my opinion, um, what we have there with a grab-and-go type of feel will actually be a better fit with the air service because a lot of the folks that were traveling before are you know business travelers, people who want efficient, quick service. Grab a sandwich and go through TSA. You you know you can't take drinks, but you can take food, and um, you're not going to sit down and have an hour long meal before you get out there. You want to get on an aircraft, get out the door, and then get back to your family or you know business or whatnot. Um, so I think that the the model of the grab and go will go along well with having air service out there. So we're kind of looking into all of those things as we as we do this. Well, we also have an um, aircraft broker. Who, who has a company out there, Chase Aviation. So he does, you know, if you wanted to buy a house, same same type of thing. It's like uh, sort of like a retail or real estate person for aircraft. So he goes and finds you one and um, we'll get you all set up with that. So, mm-hmm. so a, a wide variety of things happening right. at the airport. And uh, I think it was when I was watching the public facilities committee meeting at, uh, for the for the June committee meeting for the legislature and we kind of there was some laughter about some of the resolutions that were coming forward for the month of june uh for work that was happening at the airport and you talk about that there's this local match that the the county has Mm -hmm. i think it's a five percent local match you Mm -hmm. said and often that there's money that's coming in from the faa uh and how a lot of times the money is coming in for work being done either at Dunkirk or Jamestown that's necessary. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, well, I think that's the point, that it's necessary, that's being required by the FAA. So even though people might not like the fact that there's a local match, this is work you're going to have to do anyway? Yeah. Um, so the FAA, I think it, it's a great avenue for funding. There's no way we could do all of these projects locally ourselves. You know, last year they put $6 million into our primary runway. You know, and, and they don't just do it out of the goodness of their heart. <laughs> you know, they see the value in aviation. And also, that was a top priority for safety. Um, it was at its useful life. So, you know, they're not going to fund a, a runway rehab project again next year for that same one you know they're gonna look and be like oh no we gave you six million dollars already it's gonna be another 20 years before we get to that point so i know we have um a legislator who questions you know the the federal funding and the the local share and the the tie he claims to it but if someone's giving me six million dollars um you know, I would have, or if I'm giving someone $6 million, I'm going to have some expectation on how they, they utilize that. And also I'm going to think, I guess, twice about giving them the same amount again, if it's not, you know, you know, a, a couple of years later compared to 20 years when the need is there. So I guess what I'm saying is, um, I think that it's important to consider the source. You know, we have this avenue for funding and they want they all they ask us to do is keep our airports safe and efficient and um, try to be self, as self-sustaining as possible. So, you know, it's very hard for an airport to be 100% self-sustaining, but we do try to offset some of those operating costs by having the leases and the different businesses out there as well. And um, 
so the five percent local share on you know six million dollars compared to spending six million dollars on a runway and is i mean it's minimal you know compared to what we would spend um and so every year you know i think one another one of the questions that they asked me as be upfront is well would we do the project if we didn't have the fund you know if the funding wasn't there or whatnot and I mean, the need would be there. So we make a list every five, well, every year we have to provide the FAA with what's called the Airport Capital Improvement Program. And it's a five-year plan. And we prioritize what projects with our consultant um, are top priority. And priority number one for the FAA is safety. So our fences right now, we just, um, we're given funding to do the fences around the airport. And people will look at it and say, eh, do we really need that, right? But when you have a, a deer on the runway, you know, and it, it, that's a safety hazard, right? And there were holes underneath where animals, people, whoever could climb under, under. it's not, wasn't safe. So they saw that and realized, okay, we need to do a fence project with skirting. And so now we're going into the ground, a uh, good three, three feet with, with skirting around the airport to provide, it's a safety, it's all about safety for them. So and and that fence will hopefully the useful life will be another 20 years or or longer um and so that's how we prioritize the project is 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 safety um another thing that we were given is the bill funding the bipartisan infrastructure law we were given one hundred and fifty three thousand dollars. um i shouldn't say given but awarded um offered for each airport so it's it is extra money and but we have a list of projects that we, you know, again that wish list and the prioritizing of the of the of the the items to keep our airports going, to keep them safe, to keep them efficient. So, um, I'm thankful for that extra funding to be able to do things. We're hopeful, hopefully, um, we're going to be doing some maybe some terminal renovations to get prepared for having um, an airline or something in there, air service in the future. So. Yeah, those are just uh, the local share to me is, I mean, it's it's a necessary. It's five percent of what the overall cost is. So in comparison, yes, it's definitely minimal. We couldn't pay for that out of pocket on our own, or do I think the community would want to, you know, to put forth the full share? So, mm-hmm. is there anything else happening at the airport that you would like to tell us about? Um, I just want to share that Dunkirk Airport, July 23rd, the Rotary is putting on their, um, I, I want to say annual, but they had a couple years in there because of COVID that uh, they didn't have it. But that will be July 23rd, and I think it's from 8 to noon um, at the Dunkirk Airport. And it's a fly-in pancake breakfast, and there will be um, a military aircraft there. I think there are chance for discovery flights with um, our flight school. Oh, and that's another big uh, tenant of ours. It's Great Lakes Flight Instruction. We have a large flight program out there. So uh, at both at both airports. And so they will be, have a presence at, at Dunkirk as well. So $5. Can't beat that for breakfast, I don't think. So it's exciting. Lots of lots of exciting things happening. And I guess one more thing um, we are looking into is next year they're having the the solar eclipse. <clears throat> I think is in April. We're going to try to provide um, both airports, you know, as an as an area to a viewing area, and we'll try to have it designate um, someplace on the airfield for folks to to come out and and watch that and have food trucks out there and and kind of have a big event at both airports. So. 
That's really cool because I've been wondering if there was anybody who's doing anything around here locally. Now we can put that on our right. calendar. Yep. Go yep. to the airport <laughs> next April. I think it's April. Oh, I want to say it's April 24th. 24th. It's something around Somewhere there. around yeah. there. All right. Well, Shannon, I, I appreciate you coming in today so much and telling us, giving us all this information about the airport. And uh, thanks again. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.